0: Welcome to the Guest Editor Q&A, hosted by the Academy of American Poets. I'm Mary Sutton, Senior Content Editor at the Academy, and I'm here today with our guest editor for July, Erica Hunt. Erica is the author of Veronica, A Suite in X Parts, and Jump the Clock, New and Selected Poems. Thank you for joining me today, Erica. It's a pleasure. Likewise. It's been fun. Yes, (laughs) a fun month to curate uh, as our audience will see. Let's jump right in. How did you approach curating poem a day?
1: Uh, Well, I think we're living during an exciting time for contemporary poetry. Um, There's a great flourishing of of types of poetry. Certainly there are, People are inventing new forms of poetic expression. It's cross-disciplinary. is it is interesting to me. I love translation. I love what happens to American English because we have, um, we have access to different kinds of poetries from uh, across the world. I was interested also um, in being inclusive of the varieties of poetic expression. And by that I meant, you know, um, people from different racial backgrounds, ethnicities, um, gender expression, and of course, uh, across generation. I, I do a lot of curation, and I don't want us to lose from the past, and I also want us to be future and forward looking. So that was my that was one of one of my important my goals was to have both um, poets who are in their 80s and poets who are in their 20s be part of July poem a day.
0: I'm so glad that you discussed um, your curation of works by uh, numerous uh, well-known African-American poets uh, from different generations uh, as well as uh, works in translation. Um, Recently in publishing, uh, I think there's been an expansion of access uh, to translated poetry, both in print and online. I'm I'm thinking particularly of the recent launches of uh, of Astra Magazine uh, and Words Without Borders' launch um, of an online magazine. Um, What are your hopes, um, if if any, um, in light of this expansion of access uh, to to global poetry, particularly uh, in light of, of the more, you know, arguably nativist uh, impulses um, that that have, you know, become such a, a part of of popular discourse in the United States.
1: Sure, um, I um, I um, I've been lately thinking about uh, influences in my own development as a poet and um i'm writing an essay right now finishing an essay on that topic and i think about how long it took for me to find any any expression that correlated to my life (laughs) in poetry and in literature and i thought about um and I connect that to this thing, William says that people die every day for the lack of what is found, what is to be found in poetry. And I think about that there is something very important and vital in poetic expression, the way that language is used um, to, um, to just connect us to parts of our experience that can't be captured in the linear prosaic sense and you know, the, the instructional um the instructional register, the command register poetry doesn't do that Poetry invites us to question to um, discover to delight, to be awed, to be frightened all of these wonderful emotions that actually open the door um, open doors inside us and to the world um, this this new uh, this this trend to um, to uh, to explore or translate um, poems from other languages, from experiences that are, in Elizabeth Alexander's words, underexplored in, in terms of black experience, right? <laughs> means that, you know, means that we can find our lives. We can make our lives. We can, I, what I want to have happen in when someone opens up a poem a day is to find, either a poem or even a line that draws them in, that turns on the light bulb in some part of their own um, experience, some part of their day goes, they go, ah, there it is. I see myself, I see the world a little bit more clearly.
0: So if you could direct readers to one poem in our collection at poets.org that you haven't curated, uh, what would it be and why? Yeah, just
1: one poem? <laughs> well, there <laughs> no, are many poems.
0: <laughs> there handful,
1: are really many poems.
0: <laughs> a handful would be fine, yeah.
1: <laughs> and also I feel like I, I use poem a day often to uh, teach poetry. And so it's been a really wonderful resource. Um, I um, I was thinking about uh, Rajiv Mohabir, who I've become acquainted with through Poem A Day, uh, through the poems that appear there, um, Vestigial Bones and Kabira. Um, I also think about Sawako Nakayasu, who's a colleague, whose poem appears in Poem A Day, I think in this past year. Um, but this is a wonderful way for people to just, you know, taste a poet, a, you know, one poem, one poet, and then to um, follow their curiosity to the rest of that poet's works. Um, and, um, uh, and the variety is, again, that's, that's the sauce, you know, that's the secret of the sauce. It's the variety. Um, and sort of remove some of our, um, you know, some of our socialization, our ideas, or stereotypes about poetry as only occurring in one form, with one register, and with one voice. When in fact, it's so multiple and it's so various, you realize that you know you can find something there for your life. You know,
0: I just want to note uh, to our listeners that uh, Sawako. Nakayasu's poem Pink Waves uh, was just published uh, in this past month as part of uh, Joss Charles's curation, Uh, if anyone is is curious about uh, going back and and finding Nakayasu's uh, contribution to Poem A Day. Um, So aside from Poem A Day, which you read daily, and thank you (laughs) for that, um, who or what are you reading right now?
1: Uh, my reading is is a is a bit uh, directed towards current projects. So um, I am reading um, "Bring Back Our Girls," which is the really untold story of the uh, Nigerians Nigeria's missing schoolgirls, the Chiba, uh girls, um, schoolgirls who did. And this is really a journalistic retelling of that the incidents over the years in which. Um, Girls have been kidnapped by um, sort of, you know, a kind of Islamic sect um, and returned uh, different forms of um, misogyny, which is not just, of course, in Nigeria, it's rampant here in this country as well. <laughs> and, um, right, and, and that, uh, and thinking about uh, how that it comes in waves that there are waves of this. And it's of course, the more uh, uh, women assert themselves and are independent and move towards a, a kind of emancipated state, the more serious the backlash. And we can see that right now here in the States. Um, I'm reading a 1001 Nights because that's, uh, uh, because I'm really fascinated with the figure of Scheherazade. Uh, Shahrazad is the storyteller uh, in A Thousand and One Nights, and she begins to tell the stories, um, the sort of unending story, to the boss, as I call it, but really the caliph, because the caliph is intent on marrying a virgin and killing her in the morning, right? Because that's, you know, he wants to ensure fidelity. Um, He wants to ensure faithfulness. He doesn't want to be betrayed. And Scheherazade puts a stop to the slaughter by telling a story to her sister, she says. And before you know it, morning comes and the caliph says, well, what happens next? And Scheherazade said, well, in order to find out what happens to the rest, we have to, I guess, begin again in the evening. And so thereby saves her sister's life and her own life by protracting the story on and on and on and on for nearly three years. (laughs) So um, I love this idea of a story in which the stakes are high. The stakes are one's life, one's very own life. And it sort of restores for me the idea that literature matters. What are the stories that we tell to save? our lives, Um, and uh, I'm reading a book of poems by a deceased poet, British poet, our deaf, Sean Bonney, um, who unfortunately um, uh, left us too soon, but left us with uh, some very, very beautiful poems, strong poems that I'm I'm reading as well. So that's my, again, my reading is very connected to current projects.
0: So speaking uh, of those current projects, um, what are you working on now in your writing, teaching, and publishing life?
1: Well, I'm I'm completing an essay right now um, that's tentatively called Other Influences um, for an anthology that's being edited by Marcella Durand and Jennifer Firestone for MIT Press. Um, and it collects with, I think, 20 or 30 other um, women writers, experimental writers, um, uh, essays that sort of lay out what has been influential for them um, in their their development as writers. And it's been a a great process for me. I had a wonderful um, discussion with Harriet Mullen, a a dear friend, uh, about are influences and uh, how they converge um, and also how they diverge. Um, but one pl- point of convergence has been this photo that um, I had sent Harriet some months ago uh, that I saw in the Toni Morrison exhibit uh, that was at, in New York. It was an exhibit organized by Hilton Owls. Um, that to commemorate the publication of Black Book, an important um, collocation of documents and archives and photos of Black life in America. Anyway, one of the photos in this exhibit uh, was a photo of the sisterhood. And that sisterhood, I think photo dating from 1970, Eight included Toni Morrison, June Jordan, and Tzaky yeah. Louise Merriweather, um, Verda Mae Grosvenor. Um, trying to think, it's three other women, and what was so striking to me that you see all these women together <laughs> in one photo in an apartment—that snapshot. So it got me to thinking uh, with Harriet about how we are, we influence each other. And had we ever had such a photo? So that's one essay, and it's a rumination on that. That's the starting point. Um, other work that I'm uh, writing right now, I'm writing about Scheherazade, as I also mentioned, and thinking about storytelling in that piece, it's a hybrid work. And uh, the components of the story, it's interesting, once you start writing about misogyny, but also writing about storytelling, um, stories will come to you, the pieces come to you, You, everywhere you look in the newspaper there will be another element to add. So that's, um, I'm trying to wrestle that. <laughs> it's always, it's a good thing, and it can be a, also a kind of like, um, oh my goodness, how do I eat this elephant? And the answer is a bite at a time. <laughs> um, and then uh, the third thing I'm working on is I'm co-curating with uh, Matthew Shinoda, a colleague, um, uh, the Writers on Writing series, like it's a and poetry series. We teach it, we teach the book and the poet or writer comes and reads and answers questions. So where I'm working on the Writers on Writing series at Brown University where, where I teach this fall. So those are the three main items.
0: Well, very exciting. I, I'm, I'm so glad um, that you brought up um, that uh, exhibit uh, by Hilton Owls on, on Toni Morrison. Um, some may not know that uh, when Morrison uh, was an editor at Random House prior uh, to her career as a novelist, uh, she was instrumental in um, publishing Black women writers. Uh, of course, she worked um, with um, Angela Davis, and there's that famous uh, photo of them walking through Manhattan. Um, but lesser known, I, I think, is her work um, her, or her efforts uh, to publish uh, Gail Jones. Uh, yes. Which, yes. which I think is, is, is very important. Uh, we would not have um, Eva's man or Cregidora if, if it wasn't yes. uh, for Morrison's efforts to, to, to bring uh, Jones uh, to public attention.
1: Indeed, Tony Cade Barra others as well, was instrumental, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Sherika, for this um, enriching and broad conversation.
1: Oh, you're certainly welcome. Again, it's been my pleasure to be working with you and with um, Poem a Day. So thank you for the invitation.
0: Thank you. We're looking forward.